a delight to be here with Rabbi David Wolpe, who is um, an educator and teacher of mine, who I greatly admire, and um, who has spoken and written uh, recently and for quite a while around this issue of anti-Semitism in America. Right. And I wonder if you can share, is it, um, is it worse than it used to be? Um, and, and why? So I wish I could say no, but the answer is, yeah. I think everybody yeah. agrees that it is worse. Um, when I started off in the rabbinate, I thought, well, it's not going to be my issue. Anti-Semitism is my father's issue, but not mine. But I think it's worse in part because there is more permission than there was. Post-Holocaust, it was like, even if you felt that you wouldn't say it, and now there's more allowance to say it. And also, I think that people have figured out that Israel is a sort of safe, and I put that in big quotations, vector to express their hostility towards Jews without, and then say, but I'm not hostile towards Jews. I just happen to hate everything that Israel does. So it's partly the return of the repressed, and it's partly, I think, uh, the seepage of radical ideologies that have grown in general in the world. So people say it is going to happen here. It right. could happen here. Do you think it could happen here? Um, I, I really believe not. I know that I'm a little bit in the minority of, uh, of Jews who think about this and talk about this, and I'll tell you why. It's not because I think Americans are intrinsically better than anyone else, or that because we have a constitution, because there are constitutions other places, it means nothing. But here's the difference with America and every other place where Jews have lived. There used to be Russians and Jews. There were Germans and Jews. There were Frenchmen and Jews. There were Iranians and Jews. But America is so heterogeneous. There aren't Americans and Jews. There are so many different groups that, yeah, there are some groups that part of whom might be hostile to us, but they're also hostile to each other and they're intersecting. So I can't imagine an entire society saying, all of us are the same, and now we're turning against the Jews. So, so what do you think was fundamentally different about Germany in the, in the 30s from America today in the 21st century that would make something that atrocious impossible? Or not impossible, but unlikely. First of all, we have many allies, many, many allies. I mean, the Christian church is very different from what it was in the 1930s. Um, and second, even the people who don't like us are distributed in very different ways. I mean, there's anti-Semitism on the right. There's anti-Semitism on the left. It's not like they like each other. There's not going to be this huge coalition of, uh, and it is still, um, I think, I sometimes ask Jewish audiences, okay, you're about to be born in America. You don't know who you're going to be. Would you rather be Jewish and looking like you do and I do or black? And the truth is, it is still easier, far easier to be Jewish and looking like we do. And so there's a lot, there are a lot of fault lines in American society. There's a lot of different kinds of prejudices. But I really believe there's also a lot of goodwill and kindness. Um, and so I'm, I'm by constitution an optimist. So since you brought up the left and the right, what are some of the, the subtle ways that anti-Semitism is manifest? on the left uniquely and on the right uniquely in ways that might not always be detected. Everyone knows what a swastika looks like, right. uh, whether it's a neo-Nazi on the right or whether it's a form of tattoo on the left or the like. Right. But what are some of the things we need to be addressing within our own camps? So I think, um, first of all, it's funny when you say within our own camps, yeah. we also have to be vigilant in our own camps about yeah. what 
It's not like Jews don't have prejudices. And when we say you should call out your own, we have to call out our own too. Um, but I do think that there is, a, there is a greater acceptance on the left for the kind of anti-Israel sentiment that is truly anti-Semitic at its core. And there is a greater acceptance on the right of sort of dog whistling people who are um, like proud boys without saying, oh, I approve of Nazism, but without repudiating it. And both of those are really dangerous, not because it will explode tomorrow into a Holocaust, but because Jews have to recognize there are a lot of terrible things short of a Holocaust. So we really do have to. Care. And so what forms of anti-Israel sentiment um, would you label as fair game? And what 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 sorts would you label as is uh, as, as an anti-Semitic threat? Those things that that criticize Israel, first of all, in ways that other countries are never criticized mm -hmm. is one example. Um, and second, those things that criticize Israel in terms of stereotypes that we know are sotto voce anti-Semitic stereotypes. Mm -hmm. yes. Like, you know, Israel's influence controls controls the American continents, mm -hmm. which is just a variation of Jews control the world. Mm -hmm. um, and uh, and on the right, um, the anti-intellectual, anti-elitist, anti-globalist you know, are almost always stereotypes that involve. When people start talking about George Soros, mm -hmm. they're talking about a Jew. I mean, they can disagree with what Soros does, but the way they criticize Soros is not like the way they criticize, I don't know, um, uh, Bill Gates. Mm -hmm. um, it's a different thing. It's uh, like as if Soros has his, you know, arms and claws around the world. That's anti-Semitic. And do you think the anti-Semitism we're seeing today is um, isolated as a unique phenomenon or, or usually intersectional? with other forms of uh, hate. I think it's usually intersectional. I mean, I really do. I am a, a, a deep believer in that theory that it never ends with the Jews. Mm -hmm. Never ends. It starts with the Jews, never ends with the Jews. Um, and uh, and I also, by the way, as long as we're talking about it, I will tell you my favorite line about anti-Semitism. Every Jew should have a favorite line. So Maurice Samuel, who is a writer and uh, translator, he said, when someone asked him, why don't people like the Jews? He said, no one likes their alarm clock. And so I really do think that the fact, like, we we let people know this hatred is coming. They don't want to hear it. But but I can't think of a time that a country turned on the Jews when that was it. And nothing else bad happened in that country that was just prejudiced against the Jews. You look at Iran as a good example. Maybe the first victim was the Jews, but the, the second victim was the Iranian people. So, so last question for you. So um, what do you think we do about all this? This, in part, yeah. which is to talk about it without just screaming you're an anti-Semite. Giving people like, pay attention to this and this and this. Also, I really think it's important, and I know you do too, to assume ignorance before you assume malice. When someone says something anti-Semitic, first you talk to them about it. Because a lot of times people repeat stereotypes that they heard of, and they've never really thought about it. And if you talk to them and get to know them, it is possible to change minds, not always, but sometimes. So on that note, was it Steve Johnson? Yeah. So if you check out Rabbi Wolpe's video with uh, with Steve Johnson, it's an interesting case of uh, engaging the conversation. Yeah. And so the phenomenon with Kanye West right now, how do right. you, how, when do we call, when do we call in? When do we call so out? So I think uh, 
from what I have heard, I, I listened to a podcast with him that was fairly long and extensive with Lex Fridman, who's somebody I've also done a podcast with. Um, he honestly seems to me a fairly irredeemable. Um, I mean, they, they offered him to tour the LA Holocaust Museum and he said, I've already been to a Holocaust Museum. I went to Planned Parenthood. And that comparison um, to, to the Holocaust lets me know that, that first of all, there's a tremendous amount of ignorance, but also there is a serious malice there that uh, I'm not sure how to deal with. And I don't know how much of it is pure malice and how much of it, frankly, is just imbalance. So, uh, Thank you, Rabbi Wolpe. Sure. And friends, um, check out the great writings and teachings and podcasts of Rabbi David Wolpe.